This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's drive time now. Welcome to Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network. Tribe Talk is brought to you by Progressive, helping Indians fans save hundreds on car insurance. Everyone, welcome to Tribe Talk, presented by Progressive. Jim Rosenhouse, along with you from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. What a great night on Friday night at the ballpark, as more than 22,000 were on hand as the Indians took on the Mariners. Really, the the first night, although it was eligible, there was a, a postponement due to rain for full capacity potential. And uh, what a great thing that is in downtown Cleveland. And uh, a good festive atmosphere on Friday night in the Indians 7-0 win over the Mariners. So good stuff and uh, great to be back to not normalcy yet, but really darn close and and seemingly getting closer to that on a daily basis. And hopefully it was a fun night for the fans who came out and those who are listening in on the Indians radio network as well. Good show lined up for you today. We'll visit with Bobby Bradley. Had a chance to to interview him earlier in the week and he talked about being back in the major leagues and man has he come back with a bang and really trying to take hold of that first base job for the Indians. We'll also visit with red hot hitting shortstop Ahmed Rosario and relief pitcher Phil Maton as well as an update on the Lake County Ball Club and the Indians minor league system from Indians vice president of player development James Harris. That's all coming your way soon but first a look back at the week in review, and after an off day on Monday, the week began Tuesday in St. Louis, a brief two-game series against the Cardinals. And for the Indians, they always feel good when Shane Bieber takes the mound. Last year's Cy Young Award winner had the good stuff working against the Cardinals, and the Indians got him some runs early. Big first inning hit for Ahmed Rosario. The Indians shortstop. Takes a swing and hammers one high and fairly deep to left center. A long run for Carlson. He won't get there. It'll hit on the track, go to the wall. Hernandez being waved around. He is coming home and scoring standing. And Rosario never stopped and flew into third with a triple. And the Indians have jumped on Carlos Martinez for a walk and a triple by Ahmed Rosario and a 1-0 lead. After Jose Ramirez drove in Rosario with a ground out to make it a 2-0 lead for the Tribe, in the bottom of the first, it was Bradley Zimmer in center field with the defensive highlight of the week. 
The pitch swung on, ripped toward the gap in right center. On the run, diving Zimmer made the catch! Oh, what a play by Bradley Zimmer! On a dead sprint and a full layout in right center. What a play by Zimmer, and you heard Tito say in the pregame he wanted his best defensive center fielder in there tonight with Bieber on the mound. And what a dividend here in inning number one. Man, he's made a difference out there in center, has Zimmer, and uh, starting to get it going at the plate as well. So the Tribe is looking for more in the third inning with two men on, and Jose Ramirez standing in. He leads the Indians with 13 homers and with 32 RBIs. Runner goes, the pitch swung on and hammered high and deep to right. Away out of here, gone. A majestic moonshot for Jose Ramirez. A three-run bomb to right, and the Indians leading it five to nothing. Ramirez with his 14th home run. Four RBIs tonight, 35 on the campaign. Wow, did he get into that one. With the Indians leading 6-1 to one in the sixth inning and Shane Bieber on the mound, it was business as usual for Bieber. Here is the pitch to Kisner. A swing and a pop-up. This one is behind the plate. Hedge is coming near the screen. He's got room. He makes the two-handed grab. And one catcher retires another. And Bieber's given the Indians six more superb innings. In the ninth, the Indians' offense was back at it with Eddie Rosario continuing his hot stretch. Now the 2-2 delivery. Swung and smashed up the middle base hit into center field. Rosario scores. Ramirez is right behind him, and it's 8-1 Indians. Eddie Rosario with a two-run single to center to score Ahmed Rosario and Jose Ramirez. It's a three-hit game for Eddie Rosario. He now has 32 RBIs, and the Indians are pummeling the Cardinals 8-1. to one. The Rosario's really getting it done. Eddie and Ahmed for the Indians for a while now, and then Bradley Zimmer capped things off. And the pitch swung on and lined into center. Bradley has a two-run single. Bradley and Naylor will score, and Bradley Zimmer with a two-run single to center. Makes it a four-run inning and a 10-1 Cleveland lead. And Bradley Zimmer now with four RBIs in the campaign. In the bottom of the ninth inning, Nick Sandlin was on to finish things up. The pitch, Tommy Edmund flies out to center. Caught by Bradley. Ball game. So the Cleveland Indians have won game one of what will be four between these two clubs this season. Two here in St. Louis, two in Cleveland in July. And tonight, it was a one-sided route. So a nice win in the series opener for the Tribe. Did not go as well in game two of the brief two-game series as the Cardinals won it 8-2 to two behind their veteran starting pitcher, one of the best in the game for a long, long time. Adam Wainwright held the Indians in check, and uh, J.C. Mejia had a tough one for the Tribe on Wednesday. Off day Thursday, and then, as mentioned, the Indians back home Friday night with a full capacity eligibility and almost 23,000 fans showed up at Progressive Field to welcome the team home. And there was some early drama in this one for starting pitcher Aaron Savali as he was trying to escape a bases loaded jam in the first inning. Savali checks third, 
now delivers. And it's banged on the ground to first. Bradley gobbles it up. Underhand flip to Savali for the out. And the Mariners leave them loaded. Now bear in mind, the bases were loaded with only one hit allowed by Savali. And uh, that comes into play a little bit later on. Now, in the bottom half of the first inning, the Indians loaded the bases as well. And Eddie Rosario delivered. Now the 1-1 pitch. Swung on a little soft fly ball to right. Bowers will let it drop. Base hit. Everybody moves up a base. Indians take the lead 1-0 as Hernandez scores from third on a soft single to right by Eddie Rosario. Jake Bowers played that very conservatively. And Eddie Rosario hitting 339 over the last 17 games. Knocks in his 34th run. Bobby Bradley drew a walk to drive in the second run, and then Josh Naylor came through with a clutch hit. Naylor, the seventh man to bat in the inning. The pitch, and he rifles one into center. That's a base hit. That'll score, Ramirez. Rosario right behind him. Throw to the plate. Slide, tag, out at the plate. The Mariners wanted to cut that throw off at the mound, and it got by France and got to the catcher, Godoy, and he blocked the home plate area. There was nowhere for Rosario to slide in, and a great job by Godoy, and the Indians are not going to challenge the call, or are they? No. And so it'll go as an RBI single, making it 3-0, but Eddie Rosario thrown out at the plate by Thomas from center field. In the second, a runner in scoring position. And when Jose Ramirez is at the plate, that usually means good things are not far behind. The 0-2. Swung and ripped into right. That's a base hit. 4 nothing Indians as Zimmer will score. Rosario stops at second. And Jose Ramirez with a second hit and 36th run batted in. And so the streak is over for Justin Dunn. 15 consecutive starts in which he'd given up three runs or fewer, and the Indians now lead it four to nothing. But the biggest blow came in the third from Bobby Bradley. Dunn works feet close together, first base side of the rubber, pumps and fires. And the pitch hit high, deep to right field, gone! Bobby Bradley to right center. And the Indians lead it five to nothing. And Bobby Bradley has now in just this short time with the ball club, hit two homers, hit two doubles, and driven in five runs. Bradley's big night didn't end there. He tacked on another run in the sixth inning. Outfield playing Bradley the other way toward left, but fairly deep. Now the 2-2. Swung on, grounded through the shift, base hit left field. That'll score Rosario. Ramirez is hustling to third, and the Indians lead it 6-0. So Bobby Bradley foils the Mariners' poolside shift with an RBI single through the shortstop hole, and the Indians have a three-RBI night from Bobby Bradley. And the Indians lead six to nothing. And then it was Harold Ramirez chipping in. The pitch swung on, chopped in the hole, base hit left field. That'll score Ramirez, stopping at second. 
is Bradley and Harold Ramirez makes it seven to nothing bouncing one through the hole on the left side and RBI number 15. And on the mound Savali was as dominant as we've ever seen him. 21 in a row he has set down that would be seven perfect innings. Tribe seven Mariners nothing eighth inning two outs nobody on base. Savali dealing curveball hit right back to him. He'll lob it over to first on pitch number 101. Aaron Savali made seven pitches here in the eighth. He made nine pitches in the seventh. He is some kind of special folks and the Indians routing the Mariners seven to nothing in the middle of the eighth. And in the ninth Blake Parker came on to finish things up as the Indians went on to shut out the Mariners by that seven nothing score. Big night for Bradley. We'll hear from him as Tribe Talk continues next on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Progressive wants your pets to be their best selves, so we cover them in our auto policy, and we created this self-empowerment series just for them. You are perched by the windowsill, working on a truly epic hairball. A lowly bird passes by and instinctively surrenders. You are feared by birds. Get coverage for your pets with an auto policy from Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Coverage for cats and dogs included with the purchase of collision coverage and is subject to policy terms. Welcome back to Tribe Talk presented by Progressive. Jim Rosenhouse along with you this weekend from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. This just the start of a nice homestand for the Indians. Another ball game against the Mariners Saturday afternoon at 4:10. Then Sunday, a 1:10 first pitch with Shane Bieber on the mound, and then the Orioles come to town to open a four-game series on Monday night. Well, Bobby Bradley had a big game Friday night in the homestand opener, and he has swung the bat well since being called up on the last road trip in Baltimore. He had a great spring training, but did not make the club out of spring training. But after some work being put in down at AAA Columbus, his second go-round in the major leagues has gone quite well. And he said when we caught up with him earlier this week that after that great spring, he feels like he's picking up right where he left off. I mean, yeah, I do. Just getting back around the guys. It's just you know, being able to laugh, choke, have some fun, and uh, just get out here and just play a kid's game. You know, you look at that, and, and I know obviously things didn't work out in the spring for you how difficult was that mentally to, to go back and, and make sure that you took care of business at AAA? I mean yeah I mean it was really really tough I mean it, with any kind of news like that it's always tough but uh, you just got to find the silver lining in things and just kind of put your head down work at your craft and just don't let it affect you too much. Anything in particular a turning point for you during your time down there that kind of kept you going? Uh, just knowing that eventually I was going to be here, just trying not to think too far ahead or too far in the past, just kind of trying to be where my feet are at that day. When you look at, at how you came into camp, obviously you, you changed some things, and we talked about that during spring training. Now that you're into it for a little while and it seems to be going well, what have your thoughts been about the changes that you made and how they've helped your game? I mean, they definitely help. I mean, I just feel more athletic and more ready. I mean, whether that's on the, at the plate or at first base on defense, I just feel that I am in a better spot to help this team win. 
home run to the opposite field off a lefty the other day. And, and does that kind of validate some of the, the things that you've been trying to do? It definitely does. I mean, not really looking to hit home runs, but just looking to put a good swing on the ball. And when the ball is carrying to left center, especially off of lefties, and that's when we're going really, really good. And it, it sounds so easy that, that you don't want to try and do too much and not hit home runs. People think of you as a home run hitter. Is it hard to, to not think that way too? It, it's very hard because like I got the reputation for it, and it's kind of like in my head too. And uh, just getting out there, I have to kind of calm myself down and not try so hard. Because the, the more I try, I get really spin pulley, and it's just bad at bat after bad at bat. But just trying to stay calm, not trying to do too much. Just want to put a good swing on the ball and hit the ball hard. Bobby Bradley joining us from St. Louis as the Tribe gets ready to take on the Cardinals. Uh, time at the AAA level and, and when it's not going well, and you mentioned some of the keys to success for you, especially against lefties, things like that. Uh, how difficult was it at times when the numbers aren't there and you know it's a numbers-based uh, business? Yeah, I mean, it's it's really tough, especially like looking up while I was down there and seeing that 160, 170 at times. It's like it's really disheartening at times, but you just kind of got to know that you're a better like player than that. You got to tell yourself, like, hey, I'm one of the best. I was up there at one point. I can get back. Uh, I want to be one of those top 700 and I think it's 40 people in MLB, and uh, I'm going to do whatever I can to get there. Is there something to be said sometimes for, for going through the struggles at that level? And then you've been up and back a couple of times. Has it been beneficial? Uh, it's very beneficial, like, especially like after getting called up in 19. Um, in a way, it was good um, because I got to get all the fascinations out and, you know, all the ooh and ah. Like the first person I interacted with when we played was Miguel Cabrera. I remember watching him growing up. So it's like I had those big starry-eyed moments and I'd kind of get lost. Um, but now that I got that out of the way and then like now coming back with these guys, it's more of I can put my head down. Hey, I'm one of these guys, too. And it's just time to play and have fun. So that's 2019. And everyone knows everything that the world has gone through since. And, and for someone in your position, 2020, how did you handle what what many could say it was a lost year? But but how did you look at it? Uh, it not so much a lost year because, I mean, we at least got to go to site two, things like that. And um just continue to work on our craft. I mean, yeah, it was against our own guys, but it just beat sitting at the house. And I mean, it was it was fun up there. And we also knew in the back of our head, we also had an opportunity to help the big league team. So that was a, a big help. The team here, uh, it seems like it's a good group. Uh, they're winning close games, they're coming from behind in games. What have you seen in, in the short time that you've been back? A lot of fight from these guys. These guys will never give up. And uh, I plan on doing that with them. We're gonna go to war and we're ready for battle. Great to see you back, Bobby. Thanks. That's Indians first baseman Bobby Bradley. Off to quite a start for the Tribe. Stay tuned. More to come as Tribe Talk continues on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. And as always, a lot of different ways to pick up our show each week. Of course, you can do so on the Indians Radio Network, presented by Cleveland Clinic. You can also listen to the show online at Indians.com. All the archived editions are there. Or you can download it wherever you download your favorite podcasts under Cleveland Indians Podcasts. And you can also find the Rosie Report there. That's our daily show during the week, recapping Indians baseball on a daily basis during the week. And then, of course, Tribe Talk 
on the weekends. Well, the Indians' bullpen has been a big key to the Tribe's success in the early season, and Phil Maton is a big part of that. And he did a nice job in long relief on Wednesday in St. Louis, striking out a career-best six in a short stint, including five straight Cardinals batters. He was called upon in the first inning, and that's never easy for any relief pitcher. And when we caught up with Phil earlier this week, he talked about the challenges of getting that call that early in a game. Uh, it's just the biggest thing early in the game is you're typically not moving around quite yet, but we, we do a pretty good job of kind of keeping an eye on the pitch count and... Uh, just kind of feeling how the game's going and we had a couple guys moving around and in, in that situation I've kind of I've typically been the first one up when the starter kind of starts to scuffle a little bit so I was kind of mentally ready for it but still getting ready to go that early in the game can sometimes be tough but uh, the biggest thing is just going out there attacking the zone and and really just trying to eat some innings just kind of just get the game moving along. You get the strikeouts going and, and what's the biggest difference on a night like that as opposed to maybe another night where where you don't strike out as many? A lot of it's just pitch execution. I, I had all three of my pitches working really well. Um, being able to drive it you know in out up down strike the ball and, and that's that's really been the issue this year is, is just either been hitting the edges or putting it right down the middle for them to hit and that's obviously what O'Neill got in his at-bat so uh, it just kind of the consistency has been the main issue. Um, Everything's feeling good though right now. It's just kind of trying to string some zeros together and kind of get that ERA back down. Is that the most challenging thing of this game? Just the consistency part of it, going out there one night and and feeling really good, and then the next night having to battle a little bit. Oh, absolutely, and, and that's why it's you know 162 games, and it's it's hard not to get caught up with it because every time you get on the mound, you look around, and you see that ERA up on the board, and you got to remind yourself like, yeah, it's a long year, you know, I still got to make some pitches, and uh, you know, over the course of 162, it'll even itself out. Phil Maton joining us, Indians reliever, and it's. Uh, a family that, that had some good news earlier in the season. Your younger brother, Nick, reached the major leagues and made his debut with the Phillies. And as someone who, who had to grind to get to the big leagues, what, what did that mean to you when he finally made it? Uh, it was just really cool. I mean, he, he was uh, lucky enough to go a little earlier in the draft, so a little bit more on the radar. But uh, it's something I've always seen growing up. He had outstanding hands, you know, good bat to ball. And uh, kind of seeing him grow up, get a little bigger, get a little stronger, and kind of see the power start to develop was really exciting. So, uh, I mean, it couldn't be happier for him. It was, it was really cool to watch. Were you guys close enough in, in age and relationship where, where you played it all together or you could help him or he could help you at all? No, nah, we missed it by one year. So when I was a senior, he was still in eighth grade. So, I mean, he, he might have been good enough to play for us at that point. But, uh, no, we never got to play together. But, uh, I mean, it, it's just been really cool watching him kind of progress through the minor leagues and uh, start to develop into the player he is right now. Obviously, you're, you're busy, but were you guys able to, to talk much about just how things are going for you and how things are going for him over the course of, of the season? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, as, as easy as it is to keep track of scores nowadays, it's uh, I feel like I'm always checking Philly's box scores right after ours to kind of see what's uh, see what's going on with him. But, uh, I mean, we, we get to talk quite a bit, and he's it, it's funny kind of, you know, having him kind of, experienced some stuff firsthand that I got to experience and uh, you know and a lot of rookies get to experience and it's pretty funny to kind of see him go through all of it and he's handling it well and uh, it's just it's really cool to see it. I know he's back in AAA now but take us inside the family dynamic If, if the Indians are playing and you're in the game and the Phillies have a game at the same time. What, what are people in the Mayton family doing? Who are they watching? <laughs> I'm not sure. I, I, I know my parents talk about how it's so much easier to watch uh, position players because it's, it's not so life or death, I guess, because, you know, when I'm pitching, it's, you know, the whole thing is kind of on me, whereas, we're, you know, if he's hitting, it's, you know, they get out 
70% of the time. So, you know, it's not a big deal if he gets an out. But, you know, if I go out there and give up a run, that's, that's not good. So I think they enjoy watching him a little bit more because it's a lot less stressful. But uh, I don't know. I, they're def- my parents are definitely busy right now. That's for sure. Phil, thanks a lot for coming by and sharing. No, thanks for having me. Neat baseball family right there. The Matons, Phil with the Indians, Nick with the Phillies for quite some time, now back in AAA, but you get the feeling that he'll be back up in the major leagues before not too long. Well, the Indians have a, a solid shortstop now, and Ahmed Rosario, he has been red hot at the plate ever since moving back to short on a regular basis. You may recall in spring training, he was asked to play center field, and he did that on a regular basis early in the season as well once the regular season began. But when Andres Jimenez was sent to Columbus, Rosario came back onto the infield on a full-time basis, and he not only has played a good shortstop, but has swung the bat extremely well. In fact, hitting over 300 for more than a month. And on Friday night, collected his third four-hit game of the season. And we caught up with him earlier in the week, and he talked about the slow start at the plate and what the difference has been for him since he's turned it around. It's all about the adjustments. You know, We've been able to, to make the adjustments and get the results, and I think that's been the key to be able to make the adjustments that have given some results. And any time you come to a new team, obviously you want to do well right away. Uh, did any of that come into play where you're trying to make that good impression early? Yeah, I mean, there's always that desire to perform, but it's not so much about a new team, but it's always my own desire to be, give my 100%. So that's my idea. I just try to always give my 100%, and that's what I wanted to, to do. I know there was a lot on your plate early in the year trying to, to play some center field and see how that went. Has it been easier at the plate because now you're just worried about that one position playing shortstop on an everyday basis? Yeah, I consider myself a player with a lot of skills, so you know I think I was capable of playing both positions. So I think it has nothing to do with the fact of playing two positions. It's just my desire to to give my best, and and you know that's what I am. I try to always do the best whatever I am, and, and I don't think it has anything to do with playing different positions. And I know you're a full-time shortstop now, but it seemed like you took the center field quickly. Did did you enjoy it out there? And, and were there some things unexpectedly good about going out to center field and giving it a try? Yes, it's entirely something new for my career um, and it's good to know that if anything happens in the future I'm, I'm able and capable of playing a different position so it's a really good thing to, to know. You've been in the big leagues for a while and you get traded for the first time. Um, what was that like for you and your initial reaction after being growing up in an organization and establishing yourself as a good big league player with the Mets? I think it, it went really quickly. Um, surprisingly, I was. I think it was based on the welcoming that I received from uh, the member staff and a lot of the players that I got to know, and they made me feel like at home. So I feel that has made the transition a lot smoother and a lot easier, and I'm really feel really good to be here. And now that you're two months in and uh, you have a, a good spot on this ball club and things are clicking a little bit for this team, uh, what do you see here that, that has you excited about what's to come for the remainder of the season? I think it's a magnificent group of guys that they come every day to the ballpark to do their best. And, and, and that's important, they come to do their best. And also they're focusing on doing what they can control. And I think that's the key to success. If we can control what we can control. Ahmed, thanks so much for coming by. Appreciate it. Thank you, appreciate it. Well, thanks to Ahmed Rosario and also translation help from the best in the business, Augie Rivero. 
helping us get through our interview with Ahmed. And uh, great to see him playing good baseball as uh, the Indians shortstop. Stay tuned. When we come back, we'll hear from James Harris, the Indians' vice president of player development of Farm Report, focusing on the high-A ball club over in Lake County. That comes your way next on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Progressive wants your pets to be their best selves, so we cover them in our auto policy, and we created this self-empowerment series just for them. The smell of bacon fills the air as you chase a tennis ball across a grassy field. You notice a fire hydrant and approach to mark your territory. Your aim is impeccable. Get coverage for your pets with an auto policy from Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Coverage for cats and dogs included with the purchase of collision coverage and is subject to policy terms. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. And as we conclude our show this week, we try and catch up with James Harris on a regular basis, the Indians Vice President of Player Development. And this week, James fills us in on what's been going on, some of the many prospects at High A Lake County. And uh, again, that's a High A team this season after being the low A entry in the Indians farm system. And we asked James if there has been much of an adjustment for the captain's organization being new to this level this season. Yes, it's business as usual. Um, and it's, it's close to Cleveland, which makes it really cool. We can get out to see them as often as we need to whenever they're home. So they're 25 minutes away from our offices. So it's, it's great to have the team close. Players are a little bit older. Competition is a little bit more than it was in, in the past. Um, there's been some great baseball there. And you have an interesting manager, a new manager in your system, Greg Desenzo, who comes directly from the college ranks. And we're seeing this more and more um, in the major leagues. There's some pitching coaches who come directly from the college ranks, but Greg was at Holy Cross as the head coach there. And what's allowed him to stand out and make him a good fit for this particular group of players? Number one, he cares about the players. And he sees them as individuals and a team. But as individuals, he's working on their specific goals and helping them reach towards our organizational and personal goals of being contributing major league players. So it's fun to watch him really dig in, create environments for players to improve. And he cares about them. And you can, and that comes across directly when you see it. And how does that college background help him and, and, and help the Indians too? Well, he's had lots of experience with a, a mature player, guys who have who have been around the game for a little bit longer uh, in Lake County. We're, we're somewhere between 20, 24 is our average age of players. So somewhere in there. So he's familiar with that adult player, adult learning um, and responsibilities of the player. And he's done a great job of, of partnering with them towards their goals. Well, let's get right into some of the players at, at Lake County this season. And let's begin with Will Brennan. I know that was someone, a left-handed bat with a little bit of pop. And uh, what are you seeing there from Brennan in terms of his background that's allowed him to, to have some good success this season? Yeah, mature player came in from college a, a couple of years ago. Um, he's always been a guy who's put the bat on ball. And this year, he's added some extra pop to it. So balls are, are flying. Uh, line drives are turning into home runs at times. Um, but he's going to give you a competitive at bat. He can play all three positions in the outfield. He does it with a smile on his face, and uh, he's fun to watch. A couple of familiar names that uh, we've seen on occasion 
in Major League Spring Training, finishing up exhibition games, but also at the minor league level, too. Jose Tana and Brian Rocchio, and uh, how's their progress going as they make their way up the minor league ladder? Their progress is, is going as expected, um, and maybe just a tick above that. So Jose Tena, Brian Rocchio, Aaron Bracho are on the same international class. Uh, so that you've heard, may have heard a lot about Aaron Bracho, but Jose Tena is right up there with those guys. He plays shortstop, second base, third base. Um, he's get, he's gotten bigger and stronger over the last two years. So he was one of those guys who came into spring training. You're like, wow, he's made some some great adjustments to his body as he's matured and. He's been fun to watch as well. Quentin Holmes, a, a former top draft pick of the Indians uh, out of Queens, New York. So a, a different kind of baseball hotbed, I'm sure. And development-wise, uh, he's making those steps up the ladder. And, and what's gotten him now to the Lake County level? Well, first of all, Quentin's going to give you some great defense. He has plus speed. He's a, he's a high-quality teammate, and he's a, a plus worker. And being able to pull that together – um, with what's happening at the plate offensively now that he's coming off of a little bit of a setback from an injury standpoint. Um, we're really excited about him being able to play consistency, consistently uh, to continue his development. Joe Naranjo, one more position player that we'll, we'll touch on. Uh, when you look at him, uh, the on-base percentage just jumps out. And, and uh, what type of hitter are you seeing there from uh, Naranjo? Well, Naranjo's a guy who we were really excited about early on. He got... He was hurt in the offseason. I believe he hurt his hand or, or something of that nature. So we really didn't get a lot of time to spend with him in spring training. But he and so we didn't know how he was going to adjust to this high A level. But he came in, as you've said, and, and impressed. And again, he gets on base, which is what you want, um, and plays some good defense at, at first base as well. And wanted to sneak one more in there, position player wise, George Valera, who uh, we've seen uh, quite a bit. Last year at, at the summer camp uh, before the season got going and in spring training as well, uh, how's his progress going, and, and what do you see from him uh, potentially down the road? So George Valera is one of those guys where, I mean, it's there. I mean, he's going to give you – he can play all three positions in the outfield. He has a, a strong physical body and presence. He'll be able to – I mean, he makes contacts, hits, hits the ball hard, and, and he's an overall hard worker. So it's all there. Um, he's had some injury set, setbacks here and there. Now he's able to string a few games together starting this week. He's coming back from, from a few things, but now he's healthy and ready to go, and we're excited about George's progress. James Harris joining us, Indians Vice President of Player Development. All right, on the pitching side, uh, some good, experienced college arms, uh, college-drafted players who are there. And uh, let's start with a familiar name but a different pitcher, Logan Allen, not the Logan Allen who, who made the ball club out of spring training but uh, selected last year. And, boy, you look at his numbers after five starts, and they are impressive. And what have you seen from him so far? Well, we call him 2.0 so we don't get him mixed up because both of them are really good pitchers that someday we'll, we hope will pitch for us in Cleveland. But, hey, he's, he's, he's the lefty out there. And when you, when you see him, he, he kind of has, like, the, little, the, sh the shaggy hair. But, I mean, it's, an, it's a competitive guy out there on the mound we're really excited about what it, what he's done for us um he's really challenged hitters at this level and at some point we'll be thinking of how we can challenge him at potentially even a higher level mason hickman a recent draft pick out of vanderbilt and and he's has the good numbers across the board after five starts when you, you get a pitcher from a program like that uh, what are you getting that that allows them to kind of hit the ground running in pro ball 
Mason came from the SEC, and we have another pitcher that I'm sure we'll talk about that came from the SEC as well. They played high-level baseball against good competition in front of crowds um, with pressure on the line as they compete for championships in Vandy. So when you go from that or large crowds to to Lake County, like he's seen the pressure. He's seen um, competition. So this is just another step in his development in pro ball. Like a little bit different, but not not too much for, for those guys who are coming from SEC ball. And you mentioned that Tanner Burns is, is the other pitcher there out of Auburn, a top draft pick a year ago by the Tribe. And uh, his numbers look good. And, and what are you seeing maybe inside the numbers that, that have you encouraged from Tanner Burns? Same thing. He's, he's attacking hitters. He has a mature approach. Um, zone rates are, are where we want him. Or, I mean, he's going to get in there. He's going to compete. And it's it's awesome to, to kind of see those guys night after night. It's like, I mean, if you just go through that rotation, um, whatever night you go to Lake County, you're going to see some some competition there, and which just allows our team to, to compete. You mentioned that, and, and I know at the major league level sometimes uh, the Indians have had some rotations over the years where it just keeps rolling over to one good arm after another, and they kind of feed off each other. It, does that happen at, at the minor league level too uh, among pitchers? Absolutely. So they're working on things individually, um, whether it be – basketball command or trying to command their, their breaking balls or, or whatever we to, to own their, their mechanics. So whatever those things are, they're, they're working on them at that level, but they're also competing and trying to help their team win. So they want to be able to go out there, work on their individual stuff, but also compete at the, at the team levels. It's, it's no different than what it would be in college or any other level. So it's exciting to watch those guys. Man, sounds like uh, a lot of good stuff going on at Lake County, the Indians high A affiliate now in their farm system. And we thank James Harris, the Indians vice president of player development for that update. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Tribe Talk presented by Progressive. Thanks so much for tuning in. As always, thanks to Brian Matze for all of his help back at Command Center. Until next week, this is Jim Rosenhaus reminding you that you've been listening to Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network has been brought to you by Progressive, helping Indians fans save hundreds on car insurance.